You're listening to audio from Crossroads Community Church, located in Fogelsville, Pennsylvania. If you want to learn more about C3 and what it is about, you can visit us at c3lehigh.com. And now, for today's sermon. Everybody say identity. This week we're continuing our series titled Identity. I, there, every once in a while, there's different themes that, that we enter into as a church, different sermon series that carries a strong theme. Obviously, the theme of this one is identity. And there's different seasons that we go through as a church where I just see signs that God is on the move. In our nation, in our country, in our area, there's different signs that I see, okay, God is speaking a theme, a message to our country. And this topic today, we're talking about your identity, the fact that you are called for such a time as this to be a light in a dark world. Can I hear an amen on that? You are called to be light. Would you say, I am light? And obviously we would recognize the reason why we can say that statement is because it's Christ in me that shines through me and allows me to be a light in the darkness. And this theme of identity, the theme that you are called to be a light, you're not called to blend in, you're not called to look like the rest of the world for such a time as this, you are called to stand out and lead others. If y'all don't wake up, I'm resigning. And there's different themes that I hear like the Holy Spirit speaking to my heart and and just validating through experience. Let me give you an example. A couple of months ago, uh, myself and some of the uh, leadership here, we went to a local conference where all of the Assemblies of God churches end up going to this conference. The different pastors from the churches go to this conference. And so there's roughly four or 500 plus ministers and staff members of churches that attend this conference. So it's very influential. After the conference, we all return to our churches throughout Pennsylvania and Delaware. And so we're at this conference and keep in mind that I send our media director and our worship team member my sermon series about four or five months out, I give them a list for the next four or five months. That way, Mike, um, our worship leader, has an opportunity to kind of cater the worship uh, set list to, to match the theme. Our media department doesn't have a heart attack because I'm sending in late sermons. It, it resolves all of that. So I attend this, this conference with my media director, Lee, who's just doing a phenomenal job. And I'm sitting at this conference and the speaker gets up and he says, I want to talk to you about identity. And I start grinning and I look at Lee and keep in mind that I, by this point in time, already have an outline of what the Lord laid on my heart to share with you today, months ago. And at this time, the the speaker says, I want to talk to you about being a light with your identity. And I hear different themes where my wife and many of the ladies here went to a conference last weekend. And I hear different themes at this conference that's being reiterated throughout the body of Christ, throughout our nation, themes along the lines of stand up. It's time to speak in truth, boldness, love, not arrogance, but speak up nevertheless. And I hear these themes about awake, O sleeper. And I hear these themes such as for, you know, for such a time as this, you're called to be a light and shine out. I don't find this coincidental this morning. I find it to be a divine appointment. Can I hear an amen? Amen. 
Would you repeat after me? I am light. A part of our, our, our identity as a church, last week we discussed, we're soldiers of God. This week we're talking about another area of our identity that Christ is challenging us on for such a time as this, is to be a light. And this morning I want to discuss what exactly being a light in 2021 looks like. Because, <sighs> you know, we've had a pretty quiet year. Don't get political, don't get political, don't get political. Over the past five to ten years, the church has undergone an identity crisis. In addition to the crisis of identity within the church, as I mentioned last week, our identities have been attacked. And this week, I want to be clear that in America, the church's identity has been attacked, has been assaulted. There are external groups and authority figures trying to tell you what to think and what to feel and that what you think and what you feel is your personal truth and you have a right to live it out. There are external groups that are trying to silence any Christian principle, perspective, or narrative that does not align with the overall narrative and agenda. But there's a problem, there's a roadblock in this attempt to reshape our nation's identity and that roadblock is the church of Jesus Christ. The message from the world and the society around us is clear. Keep your beliefs to yourself. Shut up. Don't bring that here. Don't bring it to the workplace. And if you don't align with what we say and your values don't align with our values, you'll be silenced from the public sphere, media, politics, and so on and so forth. But there's a problem with this overall message. The message that we receive from biblical truths is this. You are not created to blend in with the world. You are created to speak up, not remain silent about the gospel of Jesus Christ. You are created, you are not created to merely keep a seat warm on a Sunday, but you are created to live out your faith boldly in the world around us. You are called to be light in a dark world. Repeat after me. I am light. Your identity is to be light. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 through 16. If you turn there with me this morning, it's, we're going we're gonna to be spending the bulk of our time in Matthew chapter 5, 14 through 16. I want to challenge you this morning. If you haven't brought your Bible with you, can I give you a, a few good reasons why you should be doing that, why that's a good practice, while others um, turn to that scripture. Again, it's Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 through 16. Uh, media, if we can pause on that verse, I don't want anybody cheating and reading ahead, because I know my church. There's passion. Pastor, I just want to move on. I hear you. I want to challenge you to bring a hard copy of the Word of God, first off, because this stupid thing always fails me. It always dies sooner than I want it to. If I'm behind on an update, the pastor, when I'm in a service, tells me to turn to a scripture and the Bible app says updating. And by the time the pastor has read the scripture, I missed it. Have you ever been there? You all are making me so self-conscious this morning. <laughs> so I'm going to pretend like I got a resounding, yeah, okay. And so I, I want to challenge you, though, to bring a hard copy. One, because you can rely on it. You can learn to navigate through the books of the Bible. And I also want to talk about there's something very powerful with your children seeing a hard copy of the Word of God in your hands. It's influential. 
they see mom and dad bringing that hard copy of the word of God, and they know that mom and dad are showing up to church to do business. And I know that from personal experience. My dad rarely ever left the house without the word of God in his hand. And I have all of these mental images growing up of seeing him with a Bible in his hands, walking out. I knew dad reads scripture. Our children need to know that we are people of the word of God. Can I hear an amen? So I want to challenge you. I'm not trying to guilt anybody, but I want to encourage you. Bring the hard copy word of God to church. Amen? Amen. amen. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. Can I hear an amen on that? A town built on a hill that cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. That they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Would you pray with me real quick? Father, help us to be light because we recognize that we cannot produce light in the dark world alone. No matter how good of a person we are, no matter how much we try and, and build some type of entrepreneurship in our church to influence culture around, we need you because it's the light of Christ in me that allows me to be a light. So Lord, would you just ignite a fire in us this morning that shines ever so brightly in Jesus name. Amen. So what does it mean to be light in the world in 2021? Well, as you could have guessed, it is challenging. I don't want to deceive you this morning or lie to you because often we talk about the Christian lifestyle as in like, it's all sunshine and rainbows and there's all these blessings and everything is great and hunky-dory and once you know Christ, you don't face any problems. Being a Christian in 2021 is challenging. But I want to encourage you that God has not only called us to be light, but he enables us to be light. What does it mean to be light in the world around us? As Christians, and we are therefore light in the world, we are not people of the world. We are people of the word. Salt in light. Disciples. Followers and witness of Christ. Truth carriers. Warriors. Soldiers of God supernaturally Holy Spirit empowered, prophetically guided, not pathetically, world changers, history makers, ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ, children of the cross, bold, faithful, loving, persevering, overcomers, conquerors, and as I heard a pastor say recently, fruit of the empty tomb and product of the upper room. That's who we are. There's no room in this definition for cowards. You are called to be light. And you can be light in the dark world around us. To understand the impact of, the, of what this verse, Matthew chapter 5, 14, to understand the impact of what Jesus is speaking in this beautiful verse, let's talk about what light does. First off, the obvious, light shines for all to see. Think about the impact of a flashlight in the dead of night. And I recently, as in within the past 24 hours, have gotten very close to this illustration. <laughs> Do I want to bring this up right now? So I shot a buck last night. <laughs> it's a good day. 
the only times I've ever cried, my wedding, my children's birth, and when I get a buck. <laughs> but before we get ahead of ourselves, I'm going to be recovering that buck today by faith. I know, right? I shot him at last light, and my good friend Lee came to the rescue to help me track and follow this blood. If you don't like hunting, you're not going to like this story, and I apologize. And so we follow this blood for hours, and we travel hundreds and hundreds of yards. And I, I want to tell you that having a light in this situation is vital. It is imperative. And we're navigating hillsides and rocky terrain and obstacles that are, that are unseen. But if you have a light, you can see what you need to see. And something also happens is Lee would follow me. He would stand where we last saw a puddle. Again, very gory. I apologize, kind of. It's so we follow this deer blood and we're weaving in and out trying to find this. And Lee would be stationed where I was. And then I would shine the light. The light that I had would allow Lee to catch up to me and go through the obstacles that he needed to. This is kind of what it's like being a light of Christ in a dark world. That we are supposed to live in such a way that those who see Christ in us are able to navigate obstacles in life because they see us leading the way. It's kind of like that in the world around us where in the midst of all of the darkness, it is so obvious that there's something different about that person because they're not corrupt. They haven't, they haven't uh, uh, compromised their integrity, their honor, their faithfulness. There's something different about that person, which by the way, how crazy is it right now that honor is not a word in our vocabulary in 2021? Think about the opportunity that you have to bring honor to the surface where people say that man, that woman of God, man, they are a person of honor, integrity. There's no compromise. They are who they are. They are faithful. They are honest. They are honest, hard workers. And as you and I live our lives in such a way, it is meant to inspire others to say, I want what they have. That's what it is to be the light of Christ. Come on, somebody. The Christian church cannot afford to hide or blend in any longer. There's no time anymore. The Christian church cannot afford to blend in and look like culture. We are not called to reflect culture. We are called to reflect the light of Christ. I want to focus on Matthew chapter 5, specifically verse 14. I want to read it one more time. You are the light of the world, a town built on a hill that cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Although Jesus is the light of the world, he says here that he expects us to carry on the work. Four ways that we can let the light of Christ shine in us brightly. Four ways that you and I can allow the light of Christ in us to shine brightly. And I want to pause real quick and say this. These four ways, you don't even have to have talent to do these things. You just have to be faithful. Have you ever met somebody who has an anointed gift and there's a lot of talent in there too that God has anointed and you're like, God, like, I, I can't do that. This isn't one of those scenarios. This is one of the scenarios where as long as you and I are faithful to God, we can do this. Amen. 
how do we let our light shine? First, immerse yourself in God's word daily. I mean, dive in, immerse yourself in the months to come. As we head in the new year, I'm going to be teaching a Wednesday night series on how to get more out of your devotions, how to understand the context of scripture, because it is vital that we immerse ourselves in God's word daily. For obvious reasons, we grow closer to him, we understand God, we understand his will for our lives, but I also want to talk to you about influence for just a second. True story. There's a college kid who approached a pastor and said, I I have no idea the context of scripture. It doesn't make sense to me. Can we just be honest for a moment? All of us have arrived at a scripture that caused us to be perplexed where we didn't understand. Can I hear an amen? All of us have had that place, have had that experience where it's like, God, I just don't understand this. This young man was just starting out in his relationship with Jesus. He's like, I need to understand scripture. So this college student ends up going to this church, asks a pastor, says, do you have any mentors here? He says, there's a men's group who meets for prayer and devotions um, at six on Fridays. And he goes, 6 p.m., that's perfect. I'll eat some dinner. He goes, no, 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 no. These are men. 6 a.m., The college student says, I'm going to give it a try. So this college student shows up to this breakfast devotional where these hardworking men are gathered around a table, about 15 to 20 men, and they're discussing scripture. And the college student is getting to know that um, this is a very interesting group of men. The intelligence level is at a high level. He's looking around. There's lawyers, there's doctors, there's professors from the college that he attends. These are men that have done very well for themselves. There's a few CEOs around this table. I mean, this is like a power group of men. And he's sitting there and he noticed that every once in a while, everybody's giving their perspective, experience, and, and the biblical interpretation of scripture. And, and, and they're all discussing God's word. But there was one man specifically that stood out. And when this man spoke, the whole group got quiet. And the whole group gets out notepads and begins to write down what this one older gentleman the far end of the table, what he was saying. The college student is perplexed. He's like, there's all of these influential, high-level men. Who is this guy? The entire devotional time and prayer time, the, the student noticed that when this man, when this older man spoke, he didn't just know scripture. He knew the God who wrote it. He knew that this man, he could perceive this guy has an intimacy with God. Like he knows God. He knows scripture, knows how to pray. When he prays, it's like he's talking to a friend. This guy knows God. What does he do for a living? And so he notices that these men just continue to eat up everything that this older gentleman says that they're writing down this guy's experiences. They're writing down the interpretation of scripture. So the meeting ends and the college student sees everybody clear out and he goes up to this old man and he says, sir, I have noticed you have influenced this group of men. You are an influencer. You are a light. What do you do for a living? What, what, what is your profession? And he smiled and he said, I'm a farmer. Expecting this gentleman to say that he was a biblical professor, he said, how do you know scripture like this? 
He said, all day long when I'm on the tractor in the combine, and this was the time during cassette tapes, you remember those? He said, I have sermons in the books of the Bible on my cassette, and all day long I'm listening to God's word. And all day long I'm praying, and I'm just kind of sitting in his presence even though I'm out in the middle of a field. All day long when I'm bailing, hey, I'm talking to God, getting to know him deeper, studying his scripture, listening to men who are teaching me how to apply scripture because it's not good enough just to know scripture. What matters is how you live it. And in this man, this farmer, immersed himself in God's word daily. Friends, in the 21st century, when we stand before God and he asks why we don't know scripture, why we don't know his word, we will stand without excuse. There's too much in our hands. There's too much access that we have like no other time in history. On top of that, we are living in the New Testament. The veil was torn. We have access to the Holy Spirit, to the holies of holies, to his presence on a daily, hourly, minute, every second. We have access. Come on, somebody. You and I are living in a time of extreme privilege. Don't waste it. Immerse yourself in God's word. How do I influence my kids? Immerse yourself in God's word. How do I influence the schools around here? They're falling away from God. They're leaning more towards satanic things. And it's so dark, pastor. Immerse yourself in God's word. It's more than a history book. It's the living word. Because for the past few thousand years, every generation is able to find God through it, in it, his plans, decipher his will. We're flying blind if we're not immersing ourselves in God's will, and we're foolish to expect his blessing. How do we let our light shine in the dark world around us? Secondly, be a credible witness. Credibility means that we are faithful to Jesus. Honoring, there's that word again. That we are people of honor, trustworthy, sincere, earnest, and honest in all we do. When the boss looks at us, he shouldn't say, that man or woman, man, they cheat the clock. When a boss looks at us, they should see a man, a woman of integrity, that I earn my wages. Don't even get me started on taxes. (laughs) Pastor, should we pay to Caesar what is Caesar's? I've tried to change that verse many times. I have researched that verse many times. God, give me a different meaning. Please, Lord. (sighs) He hasn't gotten back to me yet. 1 John 1, verses 6 through 7. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie. And we do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. This scripture is telling us that our lives are under a microscope. 
Have you felt that pressure yet? Honestly, can you raise your hands? Let's get a little engaged here. Have you felt the pressure of being a Christian in 2021? When you go against the grain, when the world says we have these sinful principles in which we live by, and you're the only person at your workplace where you're like, I'm sorry, that doesn't align with the biblical doctrine that I'm called to live my life by. That's a moment of pressure. Our lives are under a microscope. People are watching you now more than ever. People are listening to what you say if you speak like them, if you have the same attitudes as them, if you respond to pressure the same way that they do. And can I just say that that's a problem in politics right now is both sides are responding in rage, anger, and bitterness. Imagine if you responded with intellect, maturity, and boldness. I'm going to try to stay on point. The reality is that reputation is built in a lifetime, and yet it is lost in a single moment. We work our entire lives to build these reputations of high esteem and honor and faithfulness, and this is how high the stakes are. One moment of humanity and sinfulness and letting that ugly part of you, your sinful nature, lash out and your reputation gone. People at the workplace no longer remember the kind words. They remember you as that guy who freaked out. That woman who freaked out. That's how high the stakes are. Can I tell you that the Holy Spirit, though, can help? The Holy Spirit has prepared us for such a time as this. When the church is under um, pressure, those who know Christ should shine even brighter. And you and I don't have to look and say, those stakes are too high. I can't live my life. By that, you're right, you can't, but with his help, you can. Be a credible witness in a world that is looking for credible witnesses. Be a credible witness. I heard this saying once that if you were put on trial for being a follower of Jesus Christ, would there be enough evidence to convict you? I hope so. Be a credible witness. Third, how do we let our light shine? We don't tolerate darkness. We don't stand for darkness. We stand against darkness. Light doesn't tolerate darkness. Can I hear an amen? It casts it out as a matter of fact. Light always wins. When there's darkness, light wins. It always shines through darkness. And here's the beauty. The darker things get, the more the light shines. The farther away that you can see that light, the darker that it gets. The darker that our world gets, the more engulfed in sin that our world gets, your light will shine brighter. Come on, somebody. Scripture is clear. Scripture says to our lives, to our human condition, You're wrong, you're sinful, you need to repent, and you can find redemption in Jesus. But I want to say this, that there's a battle right now. And the world is screaming for tolerance, but the Bible tells us to be intolerant of sin. And therein lies the conflict. Tolerance says, you're right, you don't need to change. Right and wrong is up to everyone's interpretation. Tolerance used to be, I think you're wrong, but I'm going to let it go. You remember those days? Tolerance was like, wow, that person's really annoying, but I'm going to love them anyways and move on. That was tolerance. Now tolerance means neither of us are right. 
Neither of us are wrong. The only thing that you must do is praise my values, accept my beliefs and my claims to truth, and we'll be okay. Here's the reality, and here's why this line of thinking is so incredibly dangerous. Hear me this morning, church, as we head towards a close. Tolerance is the neutralizer of repentance. Tolerance is the neutralizer to repentance. That, why, that is why this matters this morning. Tolerance says, I don't need a savior. Repentance says, I need a savior. Tolerance says, there's nothing wrong with the way that I live. Repentance says, everything is wrong with the way that I live and I need a savior. Tolerance is the neutralizer of repentance and this can never be a part of how we conduct ourselves as believers. Hear me this morning, I am not calling us to be harsh, I am not calling us to be hateful, but for the love of all that is holy, truth is still truth and you better speak it. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Your sphere of influence needs Christians that will call right right and that they will call wrong wrong. Never in an abrasive, hateful manner, but in a way that seeks for someone else to come to know Jesus. Worship team, would you come? How do we let our light shine? Lastly, we take the light of Christ into the darkness around us. We go into the darkness. We don't create these safety zones where we keep the light of Christ in the church. We don't keep the light of Christ in our homes and then leave. We take the light of Christ with us into our environments and our spheres of influence. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. You are the light of the world, a town built on a hill that cannot be hidden. If you love Jesus and you're pursuing him and you're immersing yourself in his word, it be, you cannot contain the light. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Everything that we are taught in scripture is meant to impact the way that we live. Being a light doesn't mean that we just exist as a light either. Here's what I mean by that. We've gotten comfortable with this weird belief. And this is new for the church, I believe, because I can't find anywhere else in history where like this is a thing. As Christians, we don't speak truth or we're hesitant to that you're a sinner, I'm a sinner, and we need Christ to forgive us. We're hesitant to speak that message. And our version of evangelism in reaching the world is, I'm not going to speak the name of Jesus. I'm not going to talk to somebody about eternity. I'm not going to talk to them about heaven and hell. I'm not going to talk to them about sin. I'm not going to talk to them about repentance. Like the basic fundamentals to the gospel message. I'm not going to speak those. I'm just going to live my life and people are going to come to know him. And scripture says, how can they know if they have not heard? How can they know if you and I haven't had the conversation? It's not enough to just exist. You were called to live. Come on, somebody. You were called to take this light into the world. It's not either or. Do I live my life for Jesus and speak the truth? Or do I just speak the truth and not? It's both. 
And I understand this morning that there's some here and you're saying, Pastor, you've talked about this before. You've talked about this in the past couple months. I get it. I understand it. Why are you bringing it up now? I'm so glad you asked. That is a great question. You thought of. In the church today, we've also fallen in this weird, unbiblical belief and, and manner in which we live by, where we believe that this is the end. This is the end times. First off, I'm not convinced, but that's a sermon for another day. Hear me out. And what Christians have done is because they've convinced themselves that this is it, this is the end, I've read my Bible, pastor, Satan ushers in his kingdom, bunch of sin, bunch of people who are lost, evil reigns, we're, we're, we're kind of losers in this season, but we do win, he comes back for his church, we meet up with heaven for it. So what I'm going to do, pastor, is because this is the end, because evil wins for this season, I'm going to keep my seat warm in church, I'm just going to kind of set back here and I'm going to wait for his return, I'm going to wait for him to rescue me. And I'm here this morning to just kind of reiterate a powerful quote that I heard recently. While believers are waiting for Jesus to come down, Jesus is waiting for believers to stand up. You're not called to sit down under pressure. You're called to stand up. Light doesn't go under a bowl whenever we're convinced this is the end. If we truly believe that this is the end times, that Jesus is coming back for not a lazy church, a depressed church, a discouraged church. He's coming back for a pure and a holy church. If you and I truly believe that, it should compel us to go into all the world, preach the news boldly, understanding that someday I will stand before the throne of God and give an account when he says, how did you live your life? I want him to smile and look at me knowing that I shine like a light. And his response is, well done, good and faithful servant. And hear me. Those who sat down during this time will not be greeted with that message. He will not look at us and say, well done. I believe that he will look at us and we will begin to understand the regret because the Bible says that he will wipe away every tear. Where are the tears coming from? Why are we crying? Absolutely joy. But I also believe that there's going to be a moment where we say, I could have done more. We're called to live our lives in such a way that we meet Jesus in eternity and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Church, our only hope in our nation right now and our world right now is Jesus Christ. That's never going to change. If we try and reach the world with a political gospel, although we do have a political responsibility, I want to acknowledge that. But if we try and, and win people to a party rather than win people to Jesus, we're just changing behavior and the heart still remains unsaved. Will you stand up with me? Literally, will you stand up? 
Are you ready to be a light? Think about the cost. It means that you're going to fill those awkward moments where you're challenged and there's a room full of people and they're talking about maybe some sort of event that is happening. There's a new event that happens in our culture that seems to be a hot topic every week. And they're talking about that and there's a biblical stance on it and then there's an unbiblical one. In those moments, will you speak truth? When somebody talks about how I have a right to indulge in this sin, I have a right. Will you sit there and say, you know what? You might have a right here on earth, but let's talk about your eternity. Let's talk about someday the statistics are in and one out of every one person will die. It's inevitable. I know that this morning you're like, Pastor, I was ready for an uplifting message for Thanksgiving. Congratulations, we're all going to (laughs) die. Lord bless you. And that's a timid thought if you don't know Jesus. (sighs) But if you do know him, what I long for to be reunited with my creator to know what it's like to walk and step into eternity and I'd imagine that the first few seconds are going to be confusing trying to figure out what happened and where am I and then there comes that moment where understanding and reality converge and I see my savior and it's for that reason that I don't fear death You cannot threaten a Christian with an eternity in heaven. Will you speak boldly? Will you stand up? This has been an audio recording from Crossroads Community Church. If you'd like to get in contact with us or learn more about us, you can follow us on social media at C3Lehigh or email us at info at C3Lehigh.com. We'd love to hear from you.